Quiet on the set. Action. and welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, where we magically create a hit movie based on a random prompt from the internet. I'm joined by three very talented uh, industry professionals. Our writer today is Kyle Decker, who is Chris Helmsworth's hair moistener. It's a, it's a wonderful job. Those locks are luscious. I, I believe it was Chris Helmsworth, not Chris Hemsworth. I uh, thought he said Chris Hemsworth, because uh, oh, okay. if that's the case, he might want to get a restraining order, because I've been all up in those locks. <laughs> Uh, he does both, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Helmsworth, his lesser known. All right. Um, our director, Jacob Gulliver, who is Lego Batman source material consultant. Absolutely. Good for getting the real the character in there. And our producer, Andy Wilkins, who is the person who keeps adding the blue laser in the sky to the climax of every sci-fi movie. I just love the blue laser. I could, I could, I could eat it up. So here is our uh, random prompt. The theme of the story, lighthearted relationship. The main character, a youthful druid. The start of the story, war. The end of the story, accident. All right, so I, I, what I got for you, all right, it's, it's, 19, it's the 1940s. We're on the Pacific coast. We got this guy. His name's Bo, and he's a surfer. You know, and he he can't serve in the in the you know World War Two has started out. He can't serve at all because he's he's missing an arm. Poor guy. No, I don't like that. That's too dramatic. It gets me down. He is colorblind, and they just use that as a reason to keep him out because he can't. You know, whatever. So, but he's really into surfing. He's uh really into catching the waves and everything. But he's also because he can't go and fight in the war. He's very down on collecting scrap metal and selling war bonds and doing all that stuff back at the home front that helps win the war. And uh, during the, the way, he makes becomes a good buddy friend. When we go relationship, we're going for like a bromance, a 1940s completely asexual bromance between him and a uh, mechanic shop propeteer. Uh, we're uh, we're going to call him uh, Stephen Steven is this older gentleman, probably in his 60s. He's a World War I vet himself who doesn't approve of Bo's radical, wild surfing lifestyle, but does approve of Bo's patriotism into doing the uh, scrap metal drives and selling war bonds and everything. They, they start working together to bond the community together with all of that. And they really, it's just, it's going to be a character study of this younger generation who can't serve in the war but wants to, and this older generation who served in a war before, maybe have a couple, like, devastating, like, at least one story where Stephen tells of, like, a really dark moment in the trenches in France to really re relate to, like, he's seen horrors, like, don't feel bad you're missing out on war, kid, because war is hell kind of thing. Like, you're doing a lot to help here. And they're really going to bond over it and everything. And then uh, the accident that's going to happen is uh, Bo is going to be driving a big truck full of scrap metal to a drive. And uh, the old truck that he has, just the brakes fail or something. He gets in a huge accident and uh, he does become injured. 
just as he found out that the draft board had allowed him to serve in war, which was what he wanted. And then the accident causes an injury, which devastates his dream to go to war. So it'll be a very patriotic period piece and everything. And we're going to call this Home of the Brave. All right. Jacob, you have gotten the script for Home of the Brave. Uh, what are you going to do with it? So just a clarification about the, the story here. So at the beginning of the movie, he can't go to war because he's colorblind. So well, he wants to, and he keeps pressing the draft ward to let him in and get an exception. Okay, just trying he to finally gets an exception. Yeah, and just as he gets his exception, he actually gets injured to where he can't serve. Tragedy. Okay. Uh, well, let's start out with let's start out with casting. I'm going to do a couple actors who are both good at doing comedy and drama. So we're going to have our surfer bro Bo played by Paul Rudd. He's going to be able to do kind of like the fun, you know, hang out with me kind of guy who likes to surf, but also has this kind of, um, you know, deeper motivation and strives to be better than himself. Um, and then our uh, mechanic shop guy, uh, Steven, was it? Uh, he's going to be played by Ron Perlman. So he can, you know, be kind of like jokey, fun guy, but he can also be the serious guy. And he can, I think we should take that that relationship like even further and make it like, Stephen like almost inspires him to do something more than what he had done in the past. Like I can't go and fight another war, but I need you to go and fight this war because it's really important to everyone and it's really exciting. And I do want to play kind of with that pre-war time happiness a little bit. And I think we should get back to sort of the roots. We definitely want to shoot this on film. We want to use almost like the Technicolor pass on it. So it has that kind of Slightly oversaturated, uh, warm pastel colors when we're, you know, meeting Bo and we're starting to understand things. And then as it, like, progresses, as things, you know, get darker, as things get more serious, then we'll, we'll start to wash that out a little bit more. We still want to keep it in that, um, you know, more, more traditional Technicolor sense, but we don't want to go too far into, like, into that territory after we start getting into the, the drama aspect. We need to see more character development before he runs into this like accident. We need to have other characters and you know just starting the process and coming up with those. But right now you've got about 20 to 30 minutes of movie that's actually interesting. And if we want a 90 minute movie or a two hour movie, it's we need some more content in between when he shows up, when he meets Steven, and then when he gets in the car accident, we need some more stuff in there to to flesh this out and to make the the drama sell more. So just kind of, you know, keep it a good blend between the drama and like, you know, a little bit of, you know, commentary, comedy. And I think I think this thing will work. So, uh, Andy, um, so you have gotten the notes on what these two are planning on doing with this movie. So how are you going to take this? All right. First of all, I love, I absolutely love Paul Rudd. I cannot wait to work with him. I have, I have adored Paul Rudd for years, but, uh, I do have to say that, that I, I, I was looking for more of like a lighthearted, uh, romantic romance to it. So I like the period piece. I think we can stick with World War II and I love Surfer Bo. For, for Paul Rudd, it's perfect. He's kind of like a goofy guy, you know, he loves to get out and do things. I love it. I adore it. I can, I can, I can ship that. The thing that I don't like, I do not like, I, I do not like just a mechanic bro, Stephen. You know, I think we can get brave with this one. I, I, I feel like you as a director, I, I love to challenge you and I love to challenge you as a writer. I would love to challenge you both. And so what I really want to do with this one, I really want 
to have that hidden gay romance in World War II, especially with someone who wants to serve. And, and I feel like we, we could give it something like Shades of Blue uh, throughout, you know, stick with the Technicolor thing. And as, as we look at some of the deeper scenes, you know, we throw the blue in. Because, I, I mean, I'm not a historian, but I do believe that, that you, uh, that, that in America you, um, you have like a blue deferment, I think, when it comes to being gay in the in like the World War Two era. You had like a blue deferment that that made you not be allowed to serve, and so I think I think having shades of blue subtly throughout is a great choice, uh, Jacob. I I do not agree with Ron Perlman though. I I don't buy him in a romance with Paul Rudd, and so I was thinking Josh Brolin. Like, if we're going for the older gentleman and the younger gentleman, Josh Brolin and Paul Rudd would be absolutely cute together. Uh, we, we could add in, um, we could add in uh, a woman, let's see, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking uh, Kate McKinnon, because I love that we would have an actual lesbian in there playing uh, a lesbian character, so um, I feel like she'd be an excellent, excellent addition to the story. Um, and I think adding the, those those uh, those gay elements to the story, especially with the military thing, could sell well. So with all of this, I also want to to buy a song so that we can get an, a nomination and shop it around for best original song because I think that'll get us in the doors around uh, Oscar season because I'm smelling Oscar for this one, at least for the song, if not anything else. And so um, I think let's let's put it at uh, let's do fifty five million for the for the movie because because really I think that that spending a little bit on the song and everything we could we could we have we have a, a hit on our hands at least a, a moderate art house hit. All right, Kyle. So production is already kind of underway. Would you like to make some changes or how do you see this going? Sure. I I, I guess yeah. Having having the blue exemption might be. A better reason for a young able-bodied man not to go to war. Do you think Paul Rudd actually might be a little bit old to play a draft age person of, of that time period? Like, isn't he in his forties? I mean, he he could just get we can an, young him up with he, makeup. He, he can just get an old person exemption, you know. Like, and I don't see Paul Rudd as an old person surfer. Like, he should be a young person. So, oh, and I also found out like it's touching our. I've wrote some really touching romantic scenes between Stephen and Bo. But I found out from a good friend, another writer of mine who was on a, a set with Paul Rudd, that every time Paul Rudd is in a scene where he has to kiss a man or sees another man kiss, he starts uncontrollably giggling. And it would be very hard for us to, to pull off those scenes. So I think we should go something younger. Someone someone younger, uh, maybe Colin Hanks. Dave Franco. Oh, yeah. He, he could pull off kissing Josh Brolin really well, I think. Yeah, so let's go with Mr. Franco. And then uh, to add a little more drama in it, the, the way that he is both going to prove to the draft board that he is able, physically able and ready is there's a uh, USO surfing competition that he enters to raise money for war bonds. And during it, a big, this is, we're going to take out the car crash entirely because that was a little bit forced in my hand, a bit heavy handed. But a big storm, unexpected storm rolls in during the surfing competition and both saves a whole bunch of the other surfers through leadership and doing heroic stuff. That's kind of the accident. And the tragedy of it all is they still don't ignore the blue exemption. Kind of they, they show that it's a different era. It makes a strong statement that even though 
Mr. Franco wanted to serve because of his uh, sexuality. They continue to discriminate against him, which Mr. Brolin, Stevens' character, takes actually comes out and for is like, well, I got a, you know, a, a purple heart and a navy cross in in World War One, and I'm. I, I didn't get any blue exemption, even though I should have. Something like that, have a big powerful moment where Josh Brolin gives a speech. It doesn't matter which kind of person you're attracted to. Hero, heroism's heroism, no matter what. And that'll be kind of the main part of that movie is that big speech. That'll be our Oscar bait. So production's underway. Uh, where are you taking this? Well, so here's the thing about Dave Franco thing about him is that whenever he smiles on camera, I just immediately throw up. I, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, I, I can't be with him on set. So uh, I'm going to recast him right away. Uh, we're going to get Nicholas Holt, who's a beast in the new X-Men movies. He's uh, the main war boy in Fury Road. You like him. He's, he's young. He's, he's handsome. He's got some great acting chops. He's going to work great for this piece. Josh Brolin, I'm okay with. We can stick with that, and that's going to work. I love the idea of this like surfing competition, building up war bonds, um, and then getting in, in an accident of some kind. I, I like that he's getting in the accident in an act of, of heroism. He's proving his, his worth as a hero. I like the idea that the at the end of the movie, after he's been in his accident, they give him like you know uh, uh, some kind of honor. I'm I'm not super into like the military detail, but like some kind of honor to like show respect, saying like, well, we're still not going to let you in because we're shit, but uh, we're going to give you some kind of little honor to recognize you for your, your valiant efforts. Maybe he gets like a special accommodation from the Coast Guard or something. I don't know. I've done a little bit more research. I think we should utilize the California area for this a lot. I've been doing a little bit of location scouting, and I think we've got some great areas up and down the, the California coastline that will look great on camera. Found a couple little beachside shops that we can use for Steven's shop that will, will double pretty well. I like the idea of using a little bit of blue. I kind of want like the color palette to be like Norman Rockwell paintings. So we have that like Technicolor stuff, but occasionally we'll get like, you know, washes of other colors that aren't really natural. They just, you know, add a little something to that scene. And I think that kind of plays off of what Andy was looking for before. I'm disappointed about Ron Perlman not being in it anymore. Cause he's just tremendous, but his face is kind of stony. So... I understand if you're looking for, if you want somebody a little bit more attractive, I guess. Why not? I also like the idea of, if we're having like a lady character, maybe like a friend of Bo's who's like a, a clerk, like some kind of clerical position within, you know, like military recruiting or something like that. So she's like lobbying for him and like they chat every once in a while and trying to get him in. That could be kind of a cool plot point as well. I think that'll do it. I think that'll, that'll get this movie going where it needs to go. All right. So, Andy, what you gonna do? I absolutely love the way this is working out. Um, I, and I, I agree with your comments on Josh Brolin. He is not the first person that that just jumps to mind when you when you think of when you think of it, an attractive older gentleman. But unfortunately, um, you know, when when you think about character actors and 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 people that that actually draw names and money he is one of the the lesser expensive talented actors and and if we are going for an oscar bait with this one i do think that this could be the kind of thing that actually 
actually sells it well. Um, Nicholas Holt, I, I like giving giving a young up and comer a, a chance. So so I think if we do introduce that that Clark rule that um, that you were thinking of, uh, Jacob, uh, the the Clark character should not be then the, the closet lesbian. Then uh, the the Clark character should be uh, someone with a name to it as well. Oh, just off the top of my head, we could put in uh, Kate Winslet. Uh, uh, she might be too expensive though. Um, mayhaps we could look at. About Amy Adams. Oh, Amy Adams. She she is she still America's sweetheart? Or uh, because that might that might be too much too. Is there someone that looks like Amy Adams but is not Amy Adams? I mean, I can find an Amy Adams impersonator down at. You know. Oh no, no, not not like that. No, no. no I mean, I mean, actually. Oh, all right. I guess we should stick with Amy Adams. Um, it might cut into the budget a bit, but uh, that that might mean that instead of getting like the weekend or someone who's talented to make the song, we may have to to dig a bit deeper. Um, uh, oh my. I might have to call in a favor with Miley Cyrus. She, Please don't. She did play. If you want did, Oscar bait, we're gonna we want to avoid Miley Cyrus. Uh, right. Um. Oh. 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 Katie Lang or. Oh. Oh. I know. I know. I've I've got the perfect one. I've got to hook up with Macklemore. Uh. I. My. My cousin's girlfriend's sister's ex-wife is uh does laundry with Macklemore's familial relations. So. So I, I I'm sure I could get a hook up there, and we we could get we could get a touching song from from a so touching song with meaning that we could attach to it, uh you know you know in the vein of of uh, same love thrift shop you know something with with some some deeper tones to it that I think will resonate well with youth and play on the top forty stations nonstop giving more buzz for the movies. So um, I love the surfing competition. I think that is the perfect accident. I was not sold on the truck idea. So so, so go for it. Yes, yes, let's do this. All right. So I'm going to input this into the movie machine. Wow. Oh, fuck me, the title. That sucks. Uh, but it's fine. We're done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he wants the movie machines and going. You can't stop those gears. All right. Nah. Your attempt to make Oscar bait was a success. It does get a bunch of nominations. With general audiences, it doesn't necessarily make the best connection. People see it and they're like, oh man, this is too deep for me. You know what I want? Like, where's the blue lasers and explosions? So uh, general audiences, you kind of lose them, but the sophisticated uh, film crowd goes and sees it. You do get snubbed at the Oscars, though, because it's the Oscars and you didn't screw enough of the judges to get uh, your things to win. But you did get you did get uh, nominated. Uh, film makes its money back. Pretty well received by critics. I mean, there's not a ton to say. Uh, I mean, it's well received. Uh, people don't really remember it a year from now, but it makes a good mark for when it's here. So with that in mind, would there be changes you'd like to make? Uh, go back, do anything. So we're going to start with Kyle. Well, I'm very proud of this film because it made a statement and it was great art. And I don't necessarily care that general audiences don't get it because I'm not making a Zack Snyder or other stupid action film that's brainless. So I'm very proud of it. What I am going to do, I'm not going to change anything in the script. Like it, it got an Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay. I'm going to always put that on my resume. But we're going back in time. We got some magic. So Mr. Franco, he got passed up, but he was still a little upset. He wanted to help out in the movie because he felt it was important. So he and I are going on a tour 
of Oscar voters' houses and offering our services, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, we're really working overtime. Mr. Franco is really enthusiastic about it, like almost shamefully so. Like I'm just kind of like hate doing it, you know, just like, like my film. And I'm just like, you know, just like whatever I have to do, you know, some of those old ladies, some of those old men, I don't care. It's for an Oscar win and I can write my ticket. And what's a little shame, so a few hand jobs between, you know, success and fame. So we'll work the circuit up in Napa Valley and everything on all those voters. It'll be shameful, you know, whatever. It'll happen behind closed doors because, you know, none of those voters will admit that Mr. Franco gave him a dirty Sanchez. So I wasn't down for that, but, you know, he left no doors unopened. Pretty soon they're going to start calling it the Dirty Franco, if yeah. you catch my drift. <laughs> he caught lots of drifts, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. All right. But anyway, yeah, that's all I do. I, I literally just whore myself out to, to Oscar voters. I think that's the best way to go, best way to spend my time. Okay. Jacob. So we know it didn't hit with the typical crowd, people who go to see like action movies and stuff blow up. But we did find a hit. The, the pretentious crowd liked this. And if we got snubbed at the Oscars, clearly we just need to make this more pretentious. So I'm thinking like lots of like inserts of slow motion on waves. We need to have uh, falling rose petals somewhere in the movie. We need to have cinematography that is practically masturbatory in the way that it's shot, like flying through hallways or like, you know, big sweeping vistas. Practically um, masturbatory is what Mr. Frank and I have been doing. Right, absolutely. So this is you're you're going not into practically. You're actually, but sure. sure I guess it, none of the kids use literally right, but we're literally masturbating people. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We want to go into just practically territory. We're gonna have like a running metaphor, like motif throughout the film, where like there's gonna be two envelopes that like touch each other, and that's gonna be like their relationships. We like keep coming back. And seeing, like, the envelopes have been moved, so they're not next to each other anymore, but then they're touching again, like, at the end. And then when he gets his injury, one of the envelopes is ripped. So it's going to be, like, this metaphor through the whole thing, and it's going to kind of add this, like, extra layer of pretentiousness to it that'll that'll push us into the, the Oscar win out of the Oscar nomination. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. And then, you know, really just we made our money back, so... Uh, retire with that on the resume and call it a day. All right. Uh, Andy? Well, um, uh, in retrospect, I think that um, pushing for the the blue laser effect in the final scene with uh, Jacob may have been a poor choice on my part. I, I, I feel oh, no, like... They, they were upset by the lack of a blue laser. It, it, General audiences were. Right, right. That's why That's why, um, That's why. why I put it in at the end, you know, a nod to the general uh, science fiction background that I had. I, I advocated for it. And uh, I feel like, I feel like the, the, the one thing that we really missed is we needed to either go... We, we either needed to go push, push the boundary further... And perhaps may, maybe uh, uh, actually have a sex scene in there. I, I feel like uh, some some chance to uh, uh, give to give the, the the housewife market something to to go to the theater for to go to the cinema for. And you know, I just I just can't think of of what else I would do. But I do say that I should have chosen uh, if we we had gone with Dave Franco, we would have at least had the uh, brother of 
uh, one of the Academy members in the in in the film itself, which which may have helped our chances at the uh, at the at the Oscar season. So um, I think we could probably find a a, a guess a, a, a walk on role for him. Oh, he could be he could be a a, a young a young army uh, uh, recruit who who is Bo's best friend who does get to serve even though Bo cannot I think I think that and he might... dies at the end yeah yeah he dies at the end oh he gets, a, he gets a letter I love it and that's the letter that divides the two other letters on the table yes. oh and oh and, and the blue laser light is just Bo's like gay spirit sailing in the sky I just had an artgasm all right so speaking of artgasm so I'm just readjusting them so I don't know what you guys did, but in this new reality, you end up winning like almost every Oscar. Yeah, even ones that don't make sense, like you win Best Foreign Film, and uh, it's because you have a foreign producer, and obviously. Get, and get my sorties are totally worth it. And get an animated feature nomination too. <laughs> so um, one of your tactics worked. It's for Bondi, the war bond spokesman. It's the commercial yeah, within the film. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's the short we open every film with. So congratulations on that. And uh, we're going to end, as always, with a quote from our patron saint and prophet Guy Fieri. I want to be the ambassador to Chimichanga Flavortown. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah.